Hello, this is Tony Bereni, and I have the distinct honor and privilege of being with Mr. Van Hip today. Um, he is the chairman of American Defense International, uh, and he's an outstanding, I've known him for 25, 30 years. We go way back. And uh, Van has been so kind and nice to agree to have an interview reference uh, the podcast series, What Leaders Say. And that's what this whole series is about. It's an opportunity for industry leaders to basically pass on their wisdom to other people that might want to know, hey, how do I get to that status in life? What are the lessons learned other than going to Barnes & Noble and picking a book? So, uh, again, I've admired Van. I've been very fortunate to be able to have watched him in his career. He's been very beneficial to me. With no further ado, I'd like for Van to expand on, you know, what he does for a living. But more importantly, to our viewing or our listening audience out there, what are the lessons learned? What are the words of wisdom? And to be able to pass that on to you. And with no further ado, Van, thank you so much. Tony, thanks for having me. And always good to see well, folks from back home from the South Carolina low country up here in Washington, D.C. Oh, D.C. is interesting. It is. I, I didn't smell. Well, I did smell this morning. Salt grass this morning. But you don't want to stay in the swamp too long, right? <laughs> well, they're up here. They're draining the swamp. Well, they're draining. <laughs> I got a home in Georgetown County, so we get back and forth a good bit. So going from one swamp to the real swamp. That that's right. That's it is. It is. But yeah, I started in Canada uh, 22 years ago. It's hard to believe, and. Uh, American Defense International, and uh, we're more of a business development marketing company for technologies in the defense, medical, and energy sectors. And uh, most of our people have worked in different agencies where they have uh, scientific or engineering backgrounds, understand new technologies. And I guess how we really built ADI, the new precision strike artillery shell of the, uh, of the Army at Excalibur, is a technology that I found on a shelf in 1996 in Sweden at Beaufort, South Blue Bell's old company. Uh, he was president. The, the guy who started the Peace Prize actually owned the Dynamite Company. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> but the whole concept of precision strike came from those folks. We've got a lot in cancer and therapy, believe it or not. We've got a great medical team. One of our doctors is on the FDA Science Advisory Board and uh, and, and have done a lot also uh, in the energy sector. Uh, we're close to the Savannah River National Lab. Yep. <clears throat> back on South Carolina, which really is our, our nation's premier the National Laboratory for Grid Security and securing the grid right now is so important. It is. It's one of the, you know, and, and it's from multiple, uh, from a multitude of standpoints. For example, the grid is vulnerable to cyber attack, but also uh, vulnerable to the electromagnetic pulse uh, threat. And the folks at SRNL are, are doing a great job. And I don't think people in South Carolina really appreciate what they're doing to lead the rest of the country to secure our grid because if our grid goes down, uh, uh, the way the things are now, it could take up to half a year to get the grid back up. And people say, well, why do you, you know, is, is that a big deal? I mean, I, there's something called the uh, geomagnetic storm, the carrying the event, which has the same effect as an as a EMP attack. We had the last time we had one was 1859. <laughs> and we survived and we're okay. The problem was in 1859, the American farmer could grow enough food to feed the American people without electricity. Mm. You can't do that today. No, you're right. And banking systems, everything else you need, you need the grid. So uh, good things are going on back home in South Carolina. They are. 
And we're, we're glad to have people like you from South Carolina up here to help protect our interest in the low country on so many different levels of helping business development like you've helped with my company and uh, obviously with all of the politicians and all the other things that you're doing we really do appreciate well and Tony small business to me is where the the innovativeness and the, and the uh, ingenuity is in this country it's not with big business it's with small business I grew up in Walterboro my mom and dad uh, ran the Western Coast that's there. right and you know that's real America and, and I grew up in that kind of environment from a small business background, and uh, but I see it now from a technology standpoint, the homeland security standpoint, so many of the things that we need to keep the country safe uh, don't come from the big companies, they come from the little companies. Uh, and again, like I said, that's where the innovativeness and the ingenuity uh, to me really is. It's with our small business community, and that's what the government has got to do a better job of how to engage the small business community in America. Uh, to get the technologies that we need to, to keep the country safe. Well, yeah, well, you're you're exactly right. Um, small business is what America is all about, and I must say, with this recent election, I'm, you know, I'm 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 looking forward to what small business, what, what's going to happen with the new administration to help small businesses. Well, one thing's for sure: this is not a low energy president. He is high energy. He's engaged and. Uh, I had the privilege of being the moderator of two of his town halls on national security and foreign policy, one in Spartanburg and one in Buford, South Carolina. And uh, he is a he is a high energy president. I can tell you, I can tell you that uh, uh, firsthand. But you know, I appreciate what you what you have done uh, to try to also help uh, educate young people on principles of, of leadership and what makes a difference. Education is so important. I say that education is a national security issue in this country. And, and unfortunately, I feel like we're not teaching the kids today like we used to about American history, what it means to be an American. And uh, I recently had the privilege of speaking at the Gerald Ford Presidential Museum right before the election uh, on the national security challenges facing our next president. When I got there, they asked if I was speaking at a charter public school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And come to find out, it was a school that Betsy DeVos, who's been nominated to be Secretary of Education, a school, a charter public school that she helped to get going, Tony. Oh, wow. I went there, you know, all that's a public school, kids from all over Grand Rapids showed up. They all wore uniform. They all said the Pledge of Allegiance. And these students asked me questions about technology and cybersecurity and American history that I couldn't believe. I was blown away and I said, <clears throat> We need public schools like that all over America. Oh my God! And I rolled the camera forward, uh, forward, and come to find out, our president wants her to be in the sector of education. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty darn hopeful right now. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Well, speaking of our education system and our younger people out there, and going back to this, what this podcast series is all about, which is what leaders say. What, what, what? Were, again, you've got a vast variety of experience. I mean, you. You were at one point the deputy assistant secretary of the army. You served. Uh, you and I both served in Iraq, the Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and then you went on from that to basically corporate. I say corporate America. Basically, you're you're Washington D.C. now, and you, again, you came from a very humble beginning. You're still very humble now, but again, what words of wisdom do you have for? That person that's out there that's trying to help develop their career path 
to to, to be whatever they want to be. But what words of wisdom do you have to pass well, on? Fortunately, I was been very blessed to have two great parents and a wonderful family who I think raised me the right way and instilled values in me. And uh, uh, you can't uh, uh, you can't put a price tag on that. And, and so I had a great uh, family environment growing up in Collington County, there in the Low Country. But a couple of principles I look back uh, that have kind of stuck out with me. You can learn a lot, and a real leader can learn a lot about uh, listening to others. Um, uh, so many times I see people come in the room and they know everything and do all the talking. A real leader will listen. And uh, somehow I learned it. When I was Deputy Secretary of the Army, it actually helped me do my job. I can remember going to bases and, you know, the generals and the commanders would always want to tell you how great things were. I always scheduled sergeant's time. They wouldn't know where I was. I would be somewhere on the base. Talking to a sergeant, that's what's really good, you know, or what's really going on. And that's how we found out about problems and we were able to fix things. So uh, a real leader uh, uh, learns a lot about, about listening. Another principle is we all go through ups and downs in life. Life is a roller coaster. Uh, and I think it was Richard Nixon who once said, he said, I've had some, uh, some uh, 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 Great experiences in life, life has some disappointments, but he said a lack of good peaks and valleys is a lack of very little beauty. And a guy who was a mentor to me, the late Harry Dent from South Carolina, he said, you know, it was all out from Nixon, no matter what happened to the guy. When he was down, he was never out for the count. He always picked himself up off the mat, and he always had a plan to come back. I think that's a, le- a lesson that everyone can learn from. Everyone's going to have disappointment in life. But uh, I believe you've got to cheer, and it's a big test on how you do on this earth. I really believe that. And, and, and the key is, do you get up off the bat and have a plan to come back? Because you don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. You know, it's interesting. I, I, it's so good to hear you say that because I, 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 when, I see me, when I meet people out there and they, they ask me questions and they talk about failures, and I say, you know, failure is a relative term. If you, I'd use use the word. That's a that's a lesson learned what not to do. And I think I look at you know your your career, and you you're a big, I say history buff, but you from the history, it's learning what to do and what not to do. Well, that's what you can learn from history. I love history because history does uh, it does tend to repeat itself. It does. And we can learn so much. So oftentimes in history, the people who 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 uh, 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 during critical times, uh, weren't taken seriously, but they were visionaries. People like Winston Churchill, people like Douglas MacArthur. Uh, and if you go back and look at their careers, sometimes when uh, uh, you know people thought that they were uh, that they were done, that, that their their philosophies and, and the things they uh, advocated were out of date or old fashioned, and the truth is they were ahead of the time, and they, and, and they saw things that uh, that others didn't. So I think we, history is so important. That's one. I am concerned that kids today are being taught more about political correctness in schools as opposed to learning more about American history and what it means to be American. So um, I think we can, we can learn a lot from history. Well, I think you're right. And I think, again, it's okay, if, you know, in life, like you said, when you're going to, again, you and I both know lots of successful people. And when they've been knocked down, they've gotten back up. I mean, look at, look again, good Case in point, which everybody's going to recognize right now, is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times has he been down, and look where he's at now? That's right. That's right. 
I remember it was down a couple of points. I was on the road, we had an uniform in Charlotte, North Carolina, and everybody, everybody, everybody thought it was dumb, but the guy kept on and, and, and kept on. And I was there actually in New York the night that it won. And uh, almost everyone went there. All the polls predicting he was going to lose. They didn't have a chance. And I'm going to tell you the, the feeling in that room the night that he won it was like unbelievable. And uh, 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 it just goes to show that uh, uh, the experts aren't, aren't always right. No, they're not always right. But again, it's uh, persistence, re resiliency, if you will. Uh, of you know, again, I mean, you and I have, with you know, life has thrown us lots of different things. It's just like when we went to the war. Yeah, yeah. And get a plan. Get a plan. I mean, people who are successful, you gotta have a plan. Are you treading water, or do you have a plan to move forward? And and, and the things that you want to do in your life. And and the people who've been successful, that uh, had a plan. So remember, Harry Dent used to always say, he's just one of my next the guy always had a plan. And he worked the plan. Get a plan and work the plan. And uh, some plans, it, it takes years to, to come about. But you, you know, be flexible. Flexibility is a key uh, uh, um, uh, uh, trait that's very important. Get the plan, work the plan, but be flexible, but keep moving forward to that ultimate goal. Yeah, I like that. That's another good point. I mean, again, as you go through life, and you're going, and we're all going to have ups and downs. If you can learn from those moments when it's down and uh, take your plan and let that plan be a live I call it a living document that's, that's, that's a good point that's exactly right and let that you know adjust your plan accordingly to what's you know okay lessons learned from this activity move forward okay it's, and it's you and I used to do this is uh and I tell lots of people it's have after after action reports in the military is what they use we, we would have an exercise and we'd have an after action of what went well but didn't go well and don't be insulated. Know what's going out there in the field. Uh, when I was uh, working for the sector, the sector when I was the sector army, they knew that, that they had some problems in the field. Uh, but you know, the generals were always everything's fine. Well, everything's always fine. And I had actually been in the reserves with you, been a captain in the reserves, and, and we talked. And uh, long story short, the decision was made for me to kind of go undercover. I, I took a a leave of absence, if you will, as deputy system secretary of the Army, and went over there on the demobilization team as a captain of the Army. So I had to go to the mobilization station, requalify with the M16, go to the gas table, the gas mask, the whole bit, and deploy with the unit over there. There was one guy in the country, though, who was a colonel, who knew who I was, and his job was once a week to get me to a secure fax machine so that I could send what we call a SIGAC, the Significant Action Report, back in straight to the Secretary. Oh, wow, I didn't know this. All things that needed to be done, what was really going on on the ground, that on the ground intelligence, what was really going on, and what needed to be done to fix those things back home. So uh, <clears throat> it was great, and we had a great Secretary Army then, the late Mike Stone. And, uh, but again, getting, don't be insulated. Get out there and get that on the ground intelligence. Find out what's really going on. <laughs> Well, let me just tell you, you know, some of the other people that have been interviewed on here, they they've talked about they didn't they about getting out. And in that, I think the other thing, too, that resonates with me when you say that, like when you were talking about earlier about going out and hanging out with the NCOs or the sergeants mm -hmm. is it also does this as a leader. I think it's really important. And you're really good at this is to let people know you care. And what better way to find out what's going on? 
And it's just by listening, like you said earlier, listen to people and they will tell you if you listen to them. Yeah. But the message is you, you care enough that you want to listen. You can make your vote. You can have compassion. And uh, that's why I, I just did a TV show today that the president just named someone who I know to be the uh, head of the National Trade Council, someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for, Dr. Peter Navarro. And a point I made on TV was he's a great economist, a great author, understands trade and trade, and also understands economics. Well, a lot of people don't, don't know about him. He also served in the Peace Corps. He got a heart for people. And that's the right kind of mixture you want. You want someone who's a leader. Who, who, who's technically proficient in their field, but also who has a heart for people. That's, yeah, and I agree with you 100%. And you've always had a big heart. You've always really cared about your staff. You've cared about the people that you serve with. You've cared about the people in South Carolina. I mean, you genuinely care about trying to make things better. And I think that's part of goes back to your core values of, of growing up in Colleton County. And uh, these are people... You know, where I come from, people who just want, they go to church, they love their family, they love the country, they want to take care of the kids, uh, and they want to see uh, the America that uh, that they always knew uh, continue to be. And uh, I can remember one of the great life lessons, my great-grandmother was very close to me, and she, uh, uh, I mean, and I worked so much, I remember the stories, and she went to bed every night with a, uh, what, what money she had wrapped up in wax paper underneath her mattress and a loaded 32 pistol on her part of her pillow and nobody messed with her. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and everybody's had some little family stories and characters like that in their family, but just because people like that and work hard, then they don't want to hire generation to do the things that we're doing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we sacrificed and did things to give you opportunities that they didn't have. That's so true. That is so true. I mean, the opportunities that are afforded us today, look at technology. Oh, man. And, you know, technology changes so quickly. That's one of the problems, Tony, with the government. Technology is changing so quickly. And as technology changes, our government is so stovepiped and so oftentimes can't adapt and respond quick enough. So I say as the technology technologies increase, the threats are really increasing exponentially. It's even, uh, it's a crazy world. It's, it's, it's a more dangerous world because of it. So that's why we've got to have the right systems in place so that we can adapt uh, 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 properly and in time. No, I, I agree. I'm just, just curious. I mean, and I, I don't know, for, for some reason, it seems like with all the technology we have, it'd be easier to learn, but it seems like it's getting more complex and maybe there's too much information uh, out there. I don't know. It's a Moore's law. Uh, I mean, it changes the you know the number of, of what transistors you name. I mean, it's just it's, it's 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 the the change from a technology standpoint is happening so rapidly now that uh, by the time the, the Pentagon, for example, comes up for a requirement for a new technology, and by the time they get the thing fielded, it's basically already outdated. No, you're right. It's you're right. I mean, by the time. It, it, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, just by the time you buy a computer, yeah. you put it in service, yeah. it's almost it's yeah. almost time to buy another computer because yeah. the technology is just, it's we're in an exponential, it's no longer linear at all. People think linearly, but that's not how technology is. Yeah. It's yeah. just going crazy and that's uh, just, it's interesting. And I find that extremely challenging right now 
you and I grew up in an era where it was, it was, it's like slow motion. Right. Right. We didn't have cell phones. It's a roller coaster now, but you had to talk to people. You had you listening was an art. Yeah. And there's a new social media uh, medium, if you will. Uh, uh, um, almost every week, I get a kick out of my my uh, 17 year old son. Told me last year, he said, "Daddy." Facebook is for old people. You got to be on Instagram. So I, I'm on Instagram now too. <laughs> My daughters are. Yeah. No, you're. It's crazy. Yeah. At the tech, you're right. Uh, Facebook and technology and all the stuff that we got going on. Well, I've enjoyed this, Van. Is there anything else that you? I mean, the the big components that I've got. Just recapping is uh, again. Listening is an, is an art, and it's really important. Life is a roller coaster, and you're going to have your peaks, and you're going to have your valleys. Uh, you got to have a game plan. Uh, don't be isolated, i.e., get out there and mingle with people, learn from them, let them know that you care, open up to them, be vulnerable, uh, compassion. Is there anything else that you think is of significance? I mean, no, these are all great. And you did a great job getting this out of me. I know so many things like this is a great, uh, we had a great conversation. But those are things that I have, uh, uh, and I know, I know have been helpful to me over the years. And, uh, and you keep learning. Life is a, a learning is a lifelong experience. I, I I like that you said that because uh, it, you're exactly right. It, you never even. You never stop. Yeah. It's yeah. always something new. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that from a, from a country doctor who's a great oncologist today. He's 80 years old, and he's still in his lab on Saturday mornings doing research, learning more about how to fight cancer. And he, he was the one who told me, learning is a lifelong experience. It is. It, learning is a lifetime experience. And I think as long as you're learning, it kind of gives you a purpose, too. I think it helps with your human longevity. Thank you, Well, Van, I'd like to say thank you so thank much. You appreciate taking time out of your valuable day. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks,